Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington here in our last podcast of 2018. And joining me in the studio is the happy wanderer, Evan Grant. Hello, Evan. Oh, hi. (laughs) You know, if you're looking for a Santa, if you need a last-minute Santa, I've got just the man for you. This guy sitting right across from me right now, you know, he's Jewish, but he has the Christmas spirit down to the very... mm. I am the secrete Santa. (laughs) What are you secreting? (laughs) <laughs> i don't know i, I think oh, i've man. i think i've had all the potting i can do for 2018 i think i'm ready to move on to you're 2000- potted out you're potted meat i'm like a potted plant um <laughs> you're potted all right what's up I, i'm still kind of coming down from all the excitement that was the, the winter, winter meetings. meetings oh my gosh it must have been a fever pitch uh yeah, uh, let's just start with this, okay? Okay. I, I saw Marlins man every day, Marlins in his man. little Marlins man outfit. Why would he be including there? wearing a visor inside the hotel all three days? Why Why would Marlins oh, man be there? Because he is what we like to call in the business an attention whore. Oh. Um. And I thought, that, I thought that you were that. Well, I am that too, but I it just it's like. Yeah, what was Marlon's man doing there? I know he's not offending anybody, but get a change of clothes or something. You know, I mean, <laughs> was Champ there? Champ, I don't know. What is the Rangers? That's um, uh, Captain Rangers. Captain. <laughs> captain. Is yeah. Champ a former Rangers? Uh... No, I, I, I don't. I think I had that. I don't think Champs. Champs was a sporting goods store. You're right. It was. That's um, what I'm thinking of. All right, but enough of my. Lambasting Marlins. Kvetching? Yes. Am I uh, saying that right? What would you like to talk about in regards to the Rangers? Well, you know, you're you're trying to... Here, Today's pie day at the Dallas Morning News. Is it really yeah. pie day? You know, this is... Did you bring... Are you bringing a pie for I'm the I'm going to tell you something right now. That is some great journalism, and I'm proud of it. Pie day at the Dallas Morning News. Are you bringing... Did you... I brought a huckleberry pie. Yeah, I bet you did. Uh, no, I did not bring a pie. Um, okay, let's move on from that. The uh, there's a lot of divisiveness in this town, in this in this uh, North Texas metroplex, whatever we want to call it, uh, about what the Rangers should do with Jerks and Profar. Yeah. You are trying to ship him out of town. You hate Jerks and Profar. I don't hate him. I don't. I think that he's restored value. I think in the long term, uh, the chances of him signing an extension here. Um, mm-hmm. Are not great, right? I also and tell think, people why. Uh, well, I, I think that first of all, he's a Scott Boris client, and yeah. the history with Scott Boris client is, unless the client goes to the agent specifically and says, "I need a contract for security for my family," which I don't rule out the possibility of Jerickson doing, but 
This is also a guy who got a huge signing bonus as, as a as a very young player. Financially, he should have some security. Uh, I, the history is that Scott takes those guys to free agency. Mm-hmm. I think that whether it's it's pronounced or not, um, I think the manipulation of Profar's service time last year, uh, again, whether it was fully intended or not, uh, I can't speak entirely to that, but the guy was one week shy of having another full year of service time, which would have meant that he'd be a free agent after 2019 rather than 2020. Um, I, I think that's probably going to be a sticking point in any kind of negotiations. And and the third thing is, I think Jerickson Profar is a very nice player. I think he's an everyday player. Um I think the things that made him the number one prospect in baseball were that he did everything at the age of 13 and up. Right. Uh a little bit better than everybody. Didn't do anything but, great, but did a lot of but things. But there was well. nothing there was no outstanding tool. Right. He doesn't run great. Um his arm is at this point I think okay, just average. Mhm. Uh, his hands are really really good. Mm-hmm. Uh as a hitter, I think there he he's he's improved. I think there's more to go. Is he ever going to be a batting champion quality player? No, I but don't not, think so. But he had a, what was it a 795 OPS? Listen, he had he had a I think he had a 793 OPS for the season. And and the, the thing I point to again is that right now, you know, everybody's looking at Manny Machado as the franchise player on this year's <clears throat> free right. agent market. And if you go to the second half of last year, Profar playing kind of, you know, the same profile, the left side of the infield, and has played both shortstop and third base, uh, outslashed uh, Machado. And he's six months younger than Machado. So uh, that's a very small sample size in the whole picture of things. But all I'm saying is, yeah, there's some, there's some ability there. Sure. I just think in the long term, the Rangers are probably looking at, and there's no guarantees, but they are probably looking at Nolan Arenado as, as hopefully, in their mind, their third baseman of the future. Um, I, I think that if they find value for Jerks and Profar right now, it behooves them to deal him. But I also, I, I'd have no issue with this team saying, okay, let's hold on to him and see what transpires in the first half of this year. Right. I just think right now... He and Mike Miner are the two guys on this roster that that have some legitimate value to a number of contending teams, and you owe it to yourself to try and figure out when's the value going to be highest for these guys. Yeah, you know, in the case of Miner, who who they've talked with a number of clubs about, uh, the Phillies in particular. I, the Phillies are just one, and and this is one thing I hate about the rumor business is. You get a snippet of something, and the Phillies certainly are are a good match from the Rangers' perspective because they've got some pitching talent. Uh, Maybe they can get some of those guys back they sent over. No, I don't think that's what they'd be looking for. No? Um, Jake Thompson's gone to Korea, right? uh, Jake Thompson has gone from Philadelphia. Yeah, I think he signed Uh, him to play in Korea. With – with minor, there's there's a number of teams there, and I think it behooves the Rangers to try and find out, you know, exactly what his value is. Um, and if you can move him for good value, then you do now. But if he does have a good first half, a guy who is a starting pitcher, those guys are going to be really high in demand at the trade deadline. Yeah. In the case of Profar, 
a guy who's a left side of the infield guy with not a 40 home run uh, mm-hmm. bat attached, those guys don't tend, unless there's a team that has a, a significant injury, those guys don't tend to see their value spike up significantly at the trade at the trade deadline. First of all, your number of teams that are interested are going to are smaller than they would be right now. Secondly, he's a complimentary player. He is not a franchise type player, not a not necessarily a difference maker. And so I think guys see the value over 162 games in terms of dealing for him rather than they would over the course of 70 games. I I think um that you're uh, that's all perfectly reasonable and understandable. But I disagree with all of it. No, just just kidding. No, I think that uh, I don't see the rush to trade either one of them. Look, here, here's the way I look at this. If they, just, as you said, let's see how the first half goes and see uh, what Mike Miner does, see what Jerkson does. Uh, I'd like to see what Jerkson does, and he starts the season, and he's the third base. He has finally right. found a position, and he's got it. How does he respond to that? Um, but because but, here's the other thing. Why give him away? Uh, even, oh, you're – there would be no rush to give him away here. The no. question is, are you getting a package that you feel is commensurate with his value? Yeah. Um, and I feel the same way about Nomar Mazzara now. I feel about the same way about all these guys. Correct. There's there's no reason to be giving any, you know, just shipping people out. Just be, you know, it's not like last year. No. Uh, and and it, it's not like Profar is going into his free agency season. It, right. it, you'd still have a, a year plus control, and that does make a guy attractive at the trade deadline. But I also think that with what you're trying to do, with what you are trying to rebuild, you have to consider more the long game than the short game. And if you can trade Profar now, if you do have – if somebody loses out on Machado mm-hmm. and says, this is the next best guy, you have to be willing to act. <coughs> um, Miner might be your opening day starter and might be your most reliable guy in a starting rotation full of questions right now. But right. if somebody's willing to give you value commensurate with a number two or number three starter um, and, and give you multiple pitching prospects – you say, I can go out and find adequate innings somewhere else. I'll go out and sign a Shelby, uh, Shelby Miller. I'll go out and sign a, re-sign a Martin Perez, whatever. And then you have to take that value. I'm not sitting here saying trade these guys. But I do think that they, they have to be proactive in saying, what can we find for these guys at this point in time? Is it worth it? Is uh, is speaking of Martin Perez, and let's talk about the rotation because that's the most important thing. Um, right. I don't think it is. You don't think the rotation is? I, I, I think thing? the only thing that's important about the rotation is because let's face facts: this team is not going to win, right? It's not going to win in 2019. The I think they're going to be the Oakland of 2019. The only thing that's important about the rotation, and I'm ignoring that comment. Okay. The only thing that's that, that is important about the rotation is that it give you adequate innings so that you can protect the tier of pitchers. Well, that's that's what's important about the Jonathan it. Hernandez's, the Joe Palumbo's, uh the Taylor Hearns so you don't have to overexpose them. But you can find mediocre innings. You can find that. Now, I see here's here's what I think. I think it's the you're looking at this strictly from a baseball standpoint. You have to look at it at some point, and in the, and and management has to look at it at some point. Is that we we got we got to have a presentable product out here. We got to have something to run out here that's going to at least look 
It's going to look better than it looked last year. What's the difference if you if you run Shelby Miller out there versus Mike Miner in your in your rotation? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Shelby Miller instead of Bartolo Colon. I'm talking about Shelby Miller instead of uh, you know Vani Gallardo. Well, they would if if they sign another starter, it would be somebody in all likelihood with some degree of maybe me. It may be a guy whose track record is mediocre innings the last couple of years, but probably a guy with some degree of of, of upside. Yeah, and and yeah. and let me ask you this: Going into the season last year, how many of the guys in that rotation had any degree of upside besides Miner? Well, Miner had upside. I, I, I just I, said that. I think that I think you went into the off into the season feeling like there was upside for Matt Moore. It ended up being oh, you had to really be reaching to think that. Why? He had, he had fallen off the uh, a cliff. He had had a really bad 2017. Yeah. And he, he had was, a really bad 2018, too. Well, he did. But that uh, upside doesn't necessarily guarantee you anything, <laughs> Kevin. I mean, but here was How old the, is Matt Moore? Matt Moore is 30 now. I believe he was 28 when the Rangers actually acquired him. I think you're, you know, this is one of the things. He's, uh, yeah, he's 30 now. And he was 24 when the Rangers acquired him. Let's see. Um, but, but my point is, he had upside. He just, you know, it, it was, he didn't realize it. And I think that. He's continued to go downhill. He turns thirty actually in uh, in June of next year. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have much hope in the Matt Moore thing, and he, I know, and when I said I got much in, in Shelby Miller either. But here was the thing: you were paying Matt Moore nine million dollars. Correct. Nine million dollars. Correct. You know, and then they say to to Martin Perez, "Oh, get out of here with your, with your seven and a half million. The, you know, we're not doing that. The financial landscape has changed. Yeah. Um, well, Matt Moore, you tr- you paid Matt Moore nine million dollars because that was basically the going rate for picking up a a, a trash contract. Um, yeah. You know, they picked up Drew Smiley, and this is more of an an exchange of what they were doing with their commitment to to Cole Hamels. And and granted, it's it's a creative way to do it, and they they basically end up only costing themselves an extra million out of out of pocket. But Matt, but uh, Drew Smiley, who hasn't pitched in two years, is going to make seven million dollars in two thousand nineteen. True, uh, but but look, let's look at Lance Lynn. Three years, thirty million dollars, ten million a year. That gets pretty good deal. I like that. I, don't I, know I think I, I think in Las Vegas, it was it was not necessarily being um, being viewed as a great deal. Too, I think too many it years. Is. Uh, I, I don't know why people weren't that excited. I think that, you know, a little bit of what I heard from was from the Northeast media and, you know, they saw him with the Yankees. He did pitch well with the Yankees. He did pitch decently with the Yankees, but I, you know, there's a high bar set in New York. Right. Um, I also think if you look at his splits from the national league to the American league, there's a dramatic difference between effectiveness in those two leagues. And so I think there's some concern about that, but look, his velocity ticked up last yeah. year. Um, I, I think that Lynn is a guy that has some degree of upside. He's a guy who has pitched over 150 innings every full season he's had in the big leagues. He's exactly what the Rangers need to do. It, it, the guy that they can say, okay, now we can afford to gamble with Miner a little bit. And if we find yeah. a deal, we've got a guy in Lance Lynn that's fairly reliable. Now we can go gamble on the guy with upside who we might be able to – either get really high level performance out of if he bounces back or somebody who 
uh, in a vacuum might perform well and, and would have trade value. So, uh, and that contract will be attractive to people, I think. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about somebody else they can go and get. But yeah. yes, if Lynn pitches well, that contract would be attractive. You know, at a point in time when they're willing to trade. I think that the Lynn deal was. Um, what they did in Las Vegas was they did what was necessary. They they traded they 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 assigned they signed a guy that will give them innings and gives them the ability to now say, okay, how creative can we get with this other asset that we have, uh, and how can we potentially leverage him? Um, and I I don't think Lance Lynn is the kind of guy who's going to excite a lot of people. But he's a completely serviceable big league pitcher, and the well, Rangers let's, let's, needed that. Let's talk what we like about Lance Lynn. Uh, first of all, uh, his uh, strikeouts per nine innings, over nine. That's pretty attractive. Uh, the Rangers didn't have anybody approaching that last year. Correct. Uh, I think Mike was Mike Miner was at seven-something, uh, seven-and-a-half around there. Correct. You had guys in the rotation who had – most of them were in the fives, uh, five strikeouts per nine innings. Um, and Ariel Harado is a guy who's been mentioned as a candidate. Was in the threes, uh, so uh, I believe the I believe the Rangers were weren't they dead last in baseball in strikeouts yes. per nine inning? Yes. Yeah. No, I mean that that will be that is and will be a continuing source of of what they look at in in guys that they acquire. Um, Lynn did have a career you know career high. Uh, in, in, for a full season in terms of strikeouts right. for nine innings last year. And, again, that goes with a little bit of an uptick in velocity to over 93. He was throwing his curveball with a little bit more confidence and, and throwing it a little bit harder. Um, you know, I made a I made a reference to he's – they didn't sign Charlie Moore, but could this guy be the next Charlie Moore? He doesn't Charlie throw the Morton. curveball – I mean, Charlie Morton. Yeah. He doesn't throw the curveball with nearly the same spin that Charlie Morton does. Well, Charlie but, Morton's strikeout rate's way up. It's over 10. But the velocity ticked up. The strikeouts per nine ticked up. His, his Even his spin rate, which is still slightly below average, ticked up last year. And that's two years after Tommy John surgery. So this is a guy who might be fully healthy now and might be really willing, not, might be really ready to take another big step forward. I just I think what you said earlier, to me um, – to me, it's just the quality of the product. Let's make the let's make it as good as we can make it at this point. Uh, I think that's that's good. It's, that protects the the minor leaguers you're talking about and the, and the prospects you're talking about. It protects the bullpen a little bit. It, it makes the product serviceable. You run this thing out here, and the fans are going to look at it and they're going to say, "Hey, at least it's competitive." You know, I think that means something to the fans, and I think that the Rangers owe that to the fans to have a competitive product out there. It doesn't mean you go out and try and get and get in the race for Manny Machado. It doesn't mean you go out there and try to sign Bryce Harper. It means that we're going to spend a little money here to put a, a, a serviceable product out here. I, I think it, you know, otherwise it looks like you are tanking, you know, and if that's what you're doing, uh, you know, and you, and you've got what three picks in the top forty-one now, is that correct? Two picks. Three picks in the top what? Three picks in the top 50, I believe. 50, okay. Yeah. Uh, then it looks like that's all you were aiming for. Uh, because because here's the other thing involved in all of this. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about the fact that, okay, they're not going to be any good next year. And they're probably not going to be any good in 2020. But then, boy, that's when the big wave hits. 
of all these prospects. Well, let's just say this. When these guys are ready to pitch in the big leagues, how many, if they even live up to that billing, how many of them are going to be stars as rookies? None. None. They're going to be competitive at best. They're going to be guys who might win, you know, nine or ten, you know, games. Might you know, might pitch 150 innings. That would be a really good rookie season. So we're talking about five years probably from that wave of pitchers of being impact players on this club. Oh well, I mean, I I, I disagree with that in some regard. I I feel like the idea would be in 19 break in some degree in the second half of the season of Palumbo, Hernandez, um, Hearn, and hope mm. that uh, hope that one of those guys in 2020 then takes a step forward. In 2020, you're hoping to, to at some point in time, break in another, another couple of guys in the second half of the season mm-hmm. and that they're ready to take a step forward in 21. And so now all of a sudden you've got two or three young – talented members of a rotation that's a point in time when you supplement you supplement it with um with a free agent uh and we're not taking into account what the rangers may or may not be able to acquire between now and the next trading deadline to continue to stock that minor league system what i'm telling you is that those guys should be in the back half of the rotation through unless they just you know exhibit unbelievable precociousness, let's say, uh, they should be at the back of that rotation through 2021-22. That, 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 may, that may well be true. Mm-hmm. And but I think you can build – I think you can – if you've got three guys at three, four, and five, right. let's say. Super. Um, yeah. Who, who are in-house, developed, inexpensive, and reliable – it makes it easier to go out and find a one or a two right. and really supplement your rotation. Um, and what I'm saying is that by like they this, have not found a three, four, or five for some time. No, they have not. They've not found anything. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Martin was pretty serviceable. Martin's a back end of the rotation De- starter. He's so, a, was, so was Derek. Holland. He's a four. That's what Derek Holland had. Derek Holland had a season as a as a three. Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. But you know, in again in championship rotations, this guy is 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 a four. Anybody can find a three, four, or five. Let me tell you that. It's finding the ones and twos that's hard. Correct. So so my point is that if you've got um by 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 signing Lance Lynn, which to me was very important to do that, um, now you've got a guy who on on this club anyway is a one or two uh, right now, and I'm and even in two. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, 2021. Would he still be here then? No. Yeah. 20. No. Len? 19, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2021. There we go. I love it when you do math. Uh, in in uh, 1921, I think it's a good thing that he's 1921 in. 1921 was a great 2021. Year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was talking about the 19 2021. It is time for the 2018 ballsy to, to kind of come to, a, to an end yeah no but no the point is is that i think it's good to have you, you need to have these kind of guys in place we're not arguing that okay we're no, not i think you could a little bit no a little bit i i said that lance lynn is a necessity it then allows you some degree of flexibility with mike minor last year when when i was talking up lance lynn you were poo-pooing that last year i believe that this team's announced mode of operation throughout the winter 
was a little bit different. I I did make a, a I did have an evaluation goof. I mean, I kind of liked Alex Cobb over Lance Lynn. Um, Alex Cobb had a terrible year. Yeah, Lance Lynn's year wasn't great, but he got traded for right. the Yankees, and that was and that was the issue. You know, so the Twins take Lance Lynn. He's not very good for them, but then he got a little bit better, um, and he uh, and he got traded. And and what did the what did the Twins get for Lance Lynn? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, you, you know, you ask me these things. It really bothers me that you ask like that. <laughs> I hate that I ask you valid questions. Now, the, the point being that he ended up getting the Twins something. Correct. So, And that's what he could have done for the Rangers. What did he get the Twins? He got the Twins, uh, Luis Rijo and Tyler Austin. Oh, I love those guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Tyler Austin, of course, named after two Texas cities. Um, so it would have been a natural fit here. Uh, Correct. The, uh, the the point being that, uh, you know, that's what we talked about last winter was you go out and you mix. And his brother, Marshall Longview. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You go out and you get these guys to see what they do. And if they, you know, these are guys with real value, not Bartolo Colon, not Giovanni Gallardo. I'm not, agreeing with you. I know. But no, I'm talking about the guys they filled up the rotation with. Yeah, well, spring. I mean, look, Bartolo Colon was a late sign. As, he as, was. And he was insurance. He was never supposed and to Giovanni make And Giovanni was much later than that. Giovanni was after the regular season started. Right. And once you get to that point and your your situation is a mess, you're just looking to, like, run bodies in and out. Yeah, absolutely. But who, who else am I thinking of? I, I, uh, Doug Fister. Doug Fister didn't. Doug Fister didn't do a lot for me, but you know it was Doug Fister cost him four million bucks. No, know? there's no question about it. But the point is, is that you you need to be taking guys that if they if they make it, you know, any of those guys. I mean, might if have you saw, if you, let's say you you know, so Shelby Miller has more upside, right? And we yes. like Shelby Miller. Yeah, but um, what is there's nothing to say that Shelby Miller no. is going to be any any better than Doug. There's than, not. There's not. Fisker. I just feel like he probably has um, a little more. I'm, I'm not saying that's a big difference, but I'm saying that, that Lance Lynn. You know, I like Drew Pomerantz, and that's a guy that this team drafted, and he's going to be out there. Um, but there's no, you know, there's no guarantee at this point in time that Drew no. Pomerantz is. I think the chances of Drew Pomerantz being a better pitcher than Doug Fister, I think those chances are good. Pretty good, yeah. But. We're you get to this level of guy. We're talking about all guys with significant flaws, whether they're yeah. they're health flaws or performance flaws. Um, I mean, Shelby Miller was really bad. I I like Shelby Miller a lot, and I like the velocity a lot. Um, and I think you know maybe finally um, some combination of health, a little bit of stability of a team actually believing in him. And maybe even being close, closer to home, you know, you always yeah. want to factor that in. I think all that stuff would play really well for him. I'd love to see the Rangers go and get him, um, but there's, you know, th- he was a really bad pitcher the last couple of years. I know he has been, and, uh, but I'm with you because here's the thing I look at is that. But he's 28. He has upside. Yeah, and, and, and the same thing applies. We, you and I, one of the few things we're in agreement on ever is Martin Perez. It right. fits in that same boat. Yeah. The problem with Martin is he does not have the strikeout capability. And I think that yeah. is the one thing that 
would push him down the Rangers list a little bit. And it should. They need to have more yeah, no question. strikeout swing and capability. Miss. Yeah, yes. they gotta have more swing and miss on this stuff. So Especially that, when you're gonna face a team like the Astros all year yeah. that didn't swing and miss at all and then went out and got a guy who doesn't swing and miss at all. Right. And and, Michael Brantley. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think these are really uh key issues for the Rangers. All right, let's uh let's let David's David's here somewhere. I saw him. Uh, that's okay. He didn't know anything about this. So if let's go ahead and talk about uh last thing here about the Rangers, Nomar Mazar. A lot of talk about you know, the Rangers trading him. Uh that he he might be bringing the biggest package back from for from anybody else they could trade. I, I think that a lot of that talk has how to put this? I think a lot of that talk initially was the Rangers needing to find out what the market is. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've had a whole lot of of interest, certainly not at the level they value Mazzara. Right. And with the fact that Mazzara is just going into his first year of arbitration, uh, with the with the fact that he's only twenty three, there's plenty of time for the Rangers again to either consider. What can we get? You know, because he is a guy. He could have a first half. He could hit twenty bombs in the first half. He's a guy who's capable of it. He's you'd he's like capable, to think, but he just doesn't do it. He hasn't done it. You know, um, I'd like to see. You know, I'd like to see some comparisons. I like to see guys, and you know, he is obviously still very young, and who knows what they do. You know, like a guy like Nelly Cruz was an anomaly. Didn't really become a, a really good player, or a great player, until in his late twenties, and then he's, you know, he's he's kind of crested now, I think. But it, uh, in his in his mid thirties, he's having the greatest years of his career. You know, the best. The, the, there's no on a Nomar in terms of of guys at this age. There's nobody really comparable, um, uh, according to Baseball Reference. That's a that's anywhere near a contemporary. There's some nice names on this list, but it's not. Um, it, it, there's none of none of whom are contemporaries. You know, Sixto Lescano, Dwight Evans, Willie Davis, Harold Baines, a Hall of Famer, uh, Jeff Burrows, <laughs> Greg Luzinski. Those are that's all a different a different generation. Yeah. Um, and all those, like as you said, all those are good players. Some of them had some great years. Jeff Burrows had a couple of MVP type seasons. So yes. you know. Uh, the, um, you know, Dwight Evans, of course, now he had a great arm. The, now here is, you know, the, 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 um, the most similar player just in terms of performance. And, uh, this guy's obviously a little bit older. Uh, but the closest thing is, um, is, uh, Dion Viciedo, and, uh, you know, he played, he, he basically was out of baseball by the time he was 25. Um, Ooh, that's not a good comparison. No, it, it, it's not. But in terms of performance, their first three years, he and Nomar were right. We're pretty close on par with one another. Um, Viciedo dropped off significantly at the ages 24 and 25 and hasn't played in the big leagues since 2014. So um, <laughs> there's there's risk involved with him. Um, at this point, because I think other teams are saying, look, he's 23. He doesn't really move all that great in the outfield. Um, And his performance line, over 1,500 career plate appearances, is pretty predictable. Yeah, it is. Um, And so I I think right now, if I'm the Rangers, I'm saying, I'll take no more Mazzara to camp. I'll play him. Um, 
We believe that he is going to be a star level hitter. We're, we have we have the luxury of watching him do that in the first half. And if he does, and he does have a big bat, a left-handed big bat, who's 23 and has two and a half plus more years of control, boy, that's going to be really attractive. So yeah. I don't think there's nearly, you know, in, in the pecking order, I think you could put you could put Profar and Minor on the same level because also if you trade those guys, you then have to fill other holes. Right. <coughs> I think Mazzara falls below that in terms of willingness to move him at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's left-handed, in which they got a lot of, and they got a lot right. of players. Right, they, they have a lot of left-handed hitters, but here's the deal. If they're a, and you and I may, agree, may disagree on this, if they're too left-handed this year, Big deal. No, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I, I don't think they should make any kind of moves based on that. It's not like there's anybody breaking down doors. You're not trying to create the best lineup you can. You're well, just trying to get through this season. I, I would like to see. I lied when I said it was the last thing. I would like to see what Willie Calhoun can do. Uh, lost a little weight. Jerry Fraley had a story about that. He's lost about 15 pounds. Yeah. Like to use, lose a few more. He wanted to. He wanted to lose 30 pounds going into the off season. I think he's now adjusted it to 25. Uh, but he's he has really stuck to what his plan was going into the offseason. And I think that the things he said uh, yesterday during his hospital visit were um, – he was visiting kids at the hospital as part of the Rangers' Santa right. thing. Um, but I, I think the things he said about, look, I haven't shown anybody anything at the major league level, and I need to be able to do that. Which were all good things to say. Correct. Now let's see him follow up on it. wasn't good what he said. You know, it was a, it was a little re- – listen – uh, you watch the kid hit. You, you watch the, the quick, short, you know, swing. It's all good. You know, you you know that it's all there. But it's ridiculous. He rolls out there in that body. You know, he's he's not fast. He, he can't play a position. And you come and you come in overweight. I mean, it's like I don't understand it. I don't understand these guys that want to be major leaguers well, and they're I not maximizing their potential, but at least by being in shape. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. How many children are you have? Four. Uh, what are their ages range? They range from 20 to 28. And do you find that somewhere in the 20s, they tend to, like, start to mature? Mature? Yeah. Okay. Willie Calhoun is 23. Look, here's the deal. I, I know you're going to say that, but I, I, can, I can run by I can go run by anywhere, including my youngest son, mm-hmm. who's just 21, mm-hmm. who works out every day like a horse. Right. And, and, and is... And, but, is, and, and thinks it's terrible when he misses a day. But and this is the kid who's playing D3 college baseball. Your youngest son. Look, there is – your youngest son um, and all of your kids have great work ethics, okay? Yeah. Well, pretty they weren't They weren't necessarily blessed with, you know, major league talent. They have great work ethics. Are you ethics. saying that, that Ford can't play in the major leagues? I, I don't know if Ford can play in the major leagues. <laughs> Because we were all counting on that, frankly. Uh, that's your retirement. <laughs> yeah. That's your retirement plan. But I mean, Willie Calhoun was blessed with a swing that you know we all love. Right. And sometimes when you're that much better than everybody else at certain levels, the impetus to you know it it it, it takes a while for that impetus to say, "Hey, I have to do something else to stay ahead or stay on par with everybody else." And you hope. That he's had that come that that kind of come to light moment this winter. Um, you didn't maybe want to say he come has. To Jesus. I don't. I you know it's the war on Christmas. <laughs> um, 
I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> we may all have, right. and I listen. I, I've heard. We may all have your, some atheists listening. Yeah, I've heard your whole thing about making excuses for them. I, what I'm saying, I'm not is making it, excuses. The the kid was the kid was a fat, stubby little player the last couple of years, and no matter how good his swing was, it wasn't generating results. <laughs> What's the scary board? Oh, Willie Calhoun. He's a fat stubby. He, he was overweight. We all acknowledge that he was overweight. I think he acknowledges it. The question now is, look, you can do all this oh, over an offseason. Yeah. Are you going to continue this for 162 but days? Can, can you just concede me this? Why wouldn't Willie Calhoun look around? Now, I will say this, too. There's not enough of it in baseball. For all the talk about steroids and, and, and listen, you walk into most clubhouses and you look at these guys, it's like, this, it looks like anybody in here has touched a weight. You know, you you, you look at you look at who was the uh, who's the outfielder the the fifteen year old they had playing out there last year the rule five Carlos Tochi <laughs> Tochi looks like I want to every time I walk past him I want to say hey have a sandwich man <laughs> like, golly I have never seen I mean Carlos Tochi's I I got Carlos Tochi's rookie card and it is a stick figure it's. It's just pitiful, man. I mean, it's like what? No wonder this team is losing. Was, they got this. They've got between Carlos Tochi and Willie Calhoun. <laughs> they need to change. They he, need to change menus. He man. hit the wall. He hit the wall last year, late in the season, and I thought. I mean, I thought he was going to be shat, like shattered, like a little eggshell. But look, the bottom line, and we need to go. I mean, oh, I'm having too much you're, fun. This you're is all. You're right on all this stuff. Yeah. All I'm saying is all the credit in the world to Willie Calhoun at this point yeah, for sure. making this realization. Yeah. The next step now is keep it off and work hard, work smart all Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cuz here's the thing, you know, but it's a good it's been a let's just say this. Off-season wise for Willie Calhoun, first step was to lose some significant weight. He's done that. Yeah, so sure. at this point, you have to say it's been a really good offseason for him. I just like to see somebody grab this. You know, here's an opportunity for somebody in that outfield, right? <laughs> grab a sandwich. You know? Wait a minute. <laughs> I would like for you to go out on the street and say, hey, somebody grab this. Now, come on, man. This is our Christmas <laughs> podcast, and you have drug it down into the dirt, okay? Holy cow. Uh, David is like peeking around the corner. He really wants to come in. Can we let him in? Now? No, we cannot let David in. We're not letting him in because he's gonna, you know, he'll be a he'll, he's gonna bring us down talking about the Cowboys. He will. He'll bring us way down. No, that's it. That's our uh, Rangers podcast for the for the end of the year, the end of the season, the end of ever. This the, the, listen, the Rangers are over. I, I in terms of competitiveness for the next two years, <laughs> I would say that is correct. Oh but, man. From all of Merry the Rangers, Christmas, Rangers fans. From all of the Rangers to all of you out there, have yourself a merry little Christmas. <laughs> Very little. Bye bye. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans. See ya.